All right, what's going on, everybody? My name is Jeff Sheesby, alongside my main man, Ant Latino. You might know him as the Odds Fellow. You might know me as the Old Man Who Bets. Perhaps you've never heard of either of us, and you're wondering what the hell are we doing in the 1:37 p.m. feed. Well, we're two guys that love sports and data and try to churn out profits. So far, we're doing pretty okay at that. After a five and one week last week, we moved to what is it, 37, 15, and one on the season. That is indeed profitable. We're walking through the divisional round this week we got four games it's going to be good ones some sharp lines but we're trying to again take that data angle and turn out some profits i see we got some comments already asking chiefs and the bills i promise you we will get there but first and talk to the good people how we doing great day for a great yeah. day great day for a great day winning wednesday as i like to refer to you can throw a hashtag in front of that you can have some fun there's a giant nba slate that i gotta dig into later so i'm gonna have my fun with that because you know it's all the sport happening at once but we gotta talk NFL playoffs, wildcard weekend, the divisional round. You guys, thank you for joining. Uh, new, old, you know, hope you guys listen to the podcast and subscribe wherever you find your podcast as well. Short-term high volatility investments. Keep dropping uh, things into the chat. We obviously see the YouTube ones on StreamYard uh, really easily, so we'll keep our eyes on those. Like Simon's questions about Chief or Bills, we're going to get to that. If you guys are in the Twitter, I'll try to keep that up. And, and they're a little harder to see sometimes for us and on delay, but I'll try to keep that feed up so we can see them there as well so again thank you for joining um keep the questions coming and we're gonna we're gonna have a little fun so where do you want to start you want to start with the painful recap and you know how i was maybe you know my heart was ripped out maybe yeah let's start there that feels good i love a good sob story to get us going we can only go up we can only go up yeah take it away i don't even think i'm gonna watch football this weekend i mean who's (laughs) who's actually playing like do we care Do do we care about the playoffs and yes, yes, we do. And the people watching also care. I get it. You know, you're a Cowboys fan and it stings. I'm a Patriots fan and it stings. But we have sports to do. You know, we can't just give up when our team decides to roll over and or just have a classic Cowboys meltdown in the final drive. Yeah, you know, sometimes you, know, it's you not just run bad. out of time. Sometimes you run out of time. <laughs> What's worse? Hot seat here. Running out of time with Dak Prescott or fumbling that extra point uh, with Tony Romo? I think running out of time because hot gut reaction feel you should be able to correct that and have it in your control a mm-hmm. little bit more romo thing could be fluke weird you know should have never probably happened either but at least it was something that you didn't put yourself in that dumb position right sure yeah i get it and hey you know, you lost in a painful close game. I lost in an absolute yeah. smackdown. Which I would love to hear from people <laughs> there. What's what's worse, too? Because I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I think you're probably distraught either way. I think the frustration of getting just whacked, you know, is probably worse. But I, I don't know. I don't know. What, what about you? Would you rather lose in a close fashion and do something boneheaded to push it over the finish line? Yeah, I don't know. Getting yeah. smacked, at least, like, you're like, all right, we were the worst team today, and there's less what-ifs, but, right. you know, being a Patriots fan, when it was 33-3, to I'm like, well, we came back from 28-3, to baby, you know, so I'm still sitting there with a little too optimism. My roommates almost disowned me. I told them to fuck themselves multiple times. They were all on the bills, and a great bet, so shout out to them for uh, for getting it right, regardless of my fandom, but uh, well, look, anyway, enough heartbreak, right? For, for that weekend, to me, was all leading into it and i think you and i bucked the trend a little bit with some of our picks and just looking more purely at the data and the season it was itself but everybody wanted to talk about the underdog trends like just how profitable underdogs were in wildcard weekend the last four five six seven years you know what you did if you teased underdogs through some key Mm -hmm. numbers and how that was even more profitable because so many underdogs covered 
outright plus the tees cover. Um, that didn't matter, right? You had five home teams and favorites going five and one uh, straight up and against the spread. The lone loss being that Cowboys Niners game, which was probably one of the shorter lines uh, sitting at three um, right. and probably one of the toughest matchups on paper. So uh, maybe not all that surprising, right? That we had such a discrepancy in the, in the, uh, in those wildcard games. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, shout out to us one time for looking at that trend and saying that doesn't matter at all this weekend because we're handicapping these games, not the last five years. Um, So I feel good about that. Oh, yeah. But um, we got four games this weekend, Dan. Should we dive in? Let's dive. I think we've got at least three or four best bets coming up for you here. Um, You know, like we did last week, we, you know, a little less scripted than usual. Um, You know, usually we have all of our talking points written out, but we wanted to just go a little bit live, a little more discussion, a little bit more data in front of us. Let's, let's come to some conclusions. And I think we're going to, we're going to run that back. So what do we got? 4 PM Saturday. I'm going to be in Florida at a bachelor party, hopefully sitting down at a bar somewhere with my bets locked in on Wednesday. It feels like a group bet that the bachelor party has to throw in. Those are always fun. Yeah, for sure. And we've got some smart individuals on this bachelor party. It's a bunch of doctors, so I'm going to be the stupid one out there. <laughs> but that's okay. What do they know about sports, right? Hopefully a lot because we could use that brain power. But um, nonetheless, 4 p.m. Saturday, I cannot wait. Going to be a great slate of games. Uh, what is that first one? That's going to be Tennessee and correct. Cincinnati, that is Cincinnati, correct? Cincinnati at Tennessee in the 4.30 Saturday slot. Yeah, and we're looking at Tennessee minus three and a half at home, coming off a bye. Cincinnati riding as high as possibly can, just dismantled and covered the Bengals. That was one of our wins last week. We appreciate that. Was a little closer than anticipated at the end, but this is an interesting line. I expected a little bit more than three and a half, I think, especially with that that week of rest, but... I don't know. This is a Titans team that we've seen the good and the bad. They lose to the Jets. They beat some of the best teams in the league. Who are we going to get this week? What do you think? The little Jacqueline Hyde, I mean, the interesting thing that's still floating around out there is what type of uh, push you're going to get from Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, how much, you know, will he be back in the mix? Health status, right? You assume a lot of that's factored in the line. To your point, that would probably lean towards me thinking the line would tick up even higher uh, at opening, you know, which it didn't. But, you know, all things being considered here, I think, you know, Tennessee comes into this matchup, interestingly enough, as probably the worst team statistically left mm-hmm. sitting around in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were really only trailed the the Vegas Raiders that they played last week. And like you said, almost survived, right? The beneficiary of a couple tight calls um, and a Raiders team that got down and then couldn't find the red zone, right? So one thing that jumped out to me just as I was looking at this is, again, the Raiders couldn't convert, right, um, in that mm-hmm. red zone. But when you look at this Tennessee team, they're sitting at 63.93% in terms of red zone efficiency converting mm-hmm. once they are in the red zone to the good old seven point TD. And, uh, you know, I think that's good for what's the number ninth in the league, six, six in the league. Right. So Not you know, bad. right off the bat, you know, will Tennessee come out and convert a little bit more? They've at least proven statistically that they can do that at a higher clip than the Raiders. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think something that's perhaps underrated and I was surprised even looking at the data this week of, this Titans defense, I thought was an absolute sieve, and it looks like they're not, right? We're looking at DVOA here, which is uh, essentially a way uh, to measure a team's efficiency by comparing success on every single play to a league average. So we're looking at percentage better or percentage worse than league average. It's a stat that we use from football outsiders week in and week out. Defense overall here for uh, the Titans is number 19. Wait, or sorry, number 12 going up against the Bengals, who's number 19. The Bengals defense we knew wasn't great. Uh, but I was surprised to see the Titans defense at, at that, not you know, not top 10, not elite by any means, but 
you know, in, in previous years, that's been the glaring hole on their squad. And here they are fighting and, and with a defensive yeah. advantage coming into this and, week. And what do you even think about a little that? bit better, because I know we've been talking a lot about weighted, just so you can look at some of the things that were happening later in the year as the schedule became more relevant, as the roster mm-hmm. became more relevant. And that defense got even better, um, right? Jumping from kind of 12th overall, you know, on a normal DVOA standpoint to right. 8th overall in terms of weighted. So that's another good trend, right? Which is how they kind of finished up down the stretch. I think their secondary is actually even getting a little bit healthier Mm -hmm. uh, late in the season into the playoffs. Um, So, you know, I think that's a good place to target, right? What kind of Titans defense do you get? And, And on the other side of the coin for kind of a mediocre Bengals defense, this is definitely a more efficient offense than the Raiders had. Yeah, for sure. And you know, looking at that weighted versus not. So again, for you guys listening, uh, DVOA is looking at season long. Weighted DVOA is looking at just like recency bias, essentially not at, at favoring early season games as much as late season games. So a little bit better accuracy of how teams are performing today. Uh, the defense there for the Bengals, number what nineteen overall, twenty fourth on weighted. So they've only been decreasing and. You know, allowing 26 points, was it, to uh, the Raiders? I mean, I don't know. I didn't think the Raiders yeah. were that complete of a team. You know, we faded them multiple times. I think they overperformed hard. And, you know, it was great to get that cover on a pretty strong line last week. But, you know, I think matchups like that, I think the Titans are that much better than the Raiders. And I think it's a, you know, it's a small line, but it, it feels like a pretty powerful line to me. And, you know, we look at the offense here, right? Interestingly enough, we've got the Tennessee offense has not gotten any better, right? They lost Henry. They were 20th overall. Now they're uh, now they're 21st. But we get Henry back this week, and they have been jiving a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I feel like Devontae Foreman has really established himself as a Derrick Henry light. And then you got A.J. Brown coming back, obviously wildly important. Julio scored his first touchdown, what, two weeks ago? Which, <laughs> about time, my man. Welcome well, to the NFL season. We, um, we know he has a, he's allergic to the red zone. That goes back to his Atlanta days. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. But um, I don't know, man. I'm feeling pretty good about this. This, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting, right? Because we look at yards per play, we look at points per play, all pretty close here. We've got the yards per play advantage on offense goes to the Bengals, uh, five point eight versus five point one. Defense, you know, a little bit of a lean uh, towards the Titans, five point five versus five point four. So, you know, it's one of those things that it's very, very close. Weighted DVOA overall, fourteenth versus thirteenth. But I'm looking at the DVOA to spread ratio, a 3% difference, and it's a three and a half point line like that. That is pretty strong. Usually you're getting a three and a half point line with like a six to eight percentage point difference, not three. So while the you know the yards per play, points per play is, I think, pointing towards the Bengals, that DVOA to spread analysis, which has been knock on wood, but pretty profitable for me these last few weeks in terms of judging line strength screams Titans to me. And because of that, I, I think I'm going to lock in Titans minus three and a half. Well, hey, let me give you a little trend to make you feel better that I was able to find on the good old Twitter gambling Twitter sphere. And this comes from uh, CBS Sports HQ, which I believe you've, you've done your fair share of work with the CBS boys. Indeed. Um, Mike Frable and the Titans on eight plus days of rest, which this falls into just with the way their previous game plus mm-hmm. the buy uh, hits straight up and against the spread 8-0, 29.6 points per game, giving up opponents point per game of 10.9. Good for a plus 18.7 points per game differential. Uh, that oh, is love that. undefeated straight up and against the spread. And uh, 18.7 greater than 3.5. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you just made me a very happy man. Hopefully they yep. can get it done. And 
I don't know. I feel good about it. I feel good about the Titans, which I, you know, it always feels terrible to say that. But yeah. well, uh, let me take you I on think... a ride to to one more other official here. So I think we're gonna lock in the Titans minus three and a half for you. Yeah. Another John. spot I actually like is the over. So I love a good Tennessee Titans over. Um, I'm still kicking myself at how the Raiders uh, Bengals game didn't go over, and I'll tell you sure. why. Because there was eight field goals. Oh, oh man, that stinks, dude. That stinks. No doubt. And we still about almost it. got there. Thing hit 45 on a line that ranged anywhere between 48 and 49 and a half. So I had 49 and a half on the show. I grabbed some 48 and a half later on. Again, at the 48 and a half, one of those field goals converts, and you go over at 49. Right? Obviously, the 49 and a half, the early lean would have would have missed there. But that's one of eight that we're talking about. Four of those were from 30 and in. We had field goals of 30, and then three from 28 yards. Meaning uh, those yeah, teams yeah. were inside the 20. Yeah, that's so tough. Anyway, that's anyway, tough. So <laughs> let's start there, right? So last week in that Raiders game, right? Uh, Offensively, a team that's not as good, probably not as good defensively as the Titans. Um, but again, keying in on what that Cincinnati defense can do against a Tennessee um, offense and and what a Tennessee defense can do against a Cincinnati offense. I th- think game script wise here, if the Titans get a lead and get ahead, you're going to have Joey Burrow <laughs> mm-hmm. trying to play catch up, uh, sure. trying to run and gun. They don't run the ball well. They want to throw the ball. You saw that during the Raiders game. So those eight field goals. Um, combined with what I think game script wise happens in this one. Um, you know, when you look at both those defenses, I pointed out the red zone scoring. Tennessee should be able to convert at a much higher clip than the Raiders did. Mm-hmm. Uh, they should be able to convert at a higher clip than the Bengals do. Uh, the Bengals come in at red zone scoring efficiency of 57.9. Uh, again, the Titans pretty high at six in the league at 63.9, uh, almost 64%. Uh, these defenses aren't you know, very strong, right? Uh, 19th overall for Cincinnati, weighted of 24th, as we mentioned. Tennessee at 12th, weighted down to 8th. Um, but one good thing that I think stands out on the Tennessee side, even though that defense is better than probably Cincinnati's face, it's better than the, the Raiders' defense, is the Tennessee pass rush win rate is actually pretty low. So again, mm-hmm. in a game script where Tennessee's getting behind, wants to take advantage of a bad Cincinnati offensive line, that's not really their strong suit, right? They're better against the rush, um, from a defensive metric standpoint and from a pass rush win rate standpoint. So they come in at 39% uh, pass rush win rate, which is that pressure, the amount of times they're winning at the line of scrimmage to get to a quarterback, right, beating the offensive lineman. That's 21st in the league compared to their ability to stop the run, which is sitting there ranked at fourth. So, you know, again, if they're not getting that pressure um, and can't completely get there, I, I do think this thing will, will tick back up. I think you're getting a little bit of the playoff push down here on people seeing where some of these numbers landed last week. Um, mm-hmm. You know, with more unders probably coming in and and sitting at at 47, I'm I'm happy to go over that before it jumps to any other key numbers. Yeah, and question for Yant, and this is uh, you, I don't I don't think I sent you this trend yet, but I found uh-huh. it through the uh, Point Spread Weekly from Vsin, a nice little publication that they put out. How many points do you think the Bengals are going to score? So let's see if we if this total is sitting at 47 and they are three and a half, you know, you probably put them anywhere between 20 and 24. Okay, interesting. Right. So since 2002, the offensive Uh, potency, I'm uh, reading this word for word for word, the offensive potency of the road team typically controls the total result when a road team in the divisional round scores 24 points or more. The over is 26 and five. When the road team fails to reach 18, so that's a touchdown difference, the under is 24 and 7. 
So you're right there, 20 to 24. I mean, that I gave you the number, right? I knew what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well done. Uh, well done. But I agree. Look, and, trends, you know what? I thought trends, yeah, like, because I, I, I mentioned these to you too. There's a number of trends going the other way, working against me in this stage. Of course. Which, again, I like to look at. It's always a nice boost for me. It makes me feel more comfortable. But when I see them going some way, the extreme that they are this way, it's almost like, where's the regression coming from? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And even looking at just um, the, the under is four and one in their last five yeah. games, of course. This is without Henry. They were they were positive towards the over um, before that six and two at home or two and seven, excuse me, at home uh, towards the under. Um, But again, without Henry, that was interesting. But even looking at that 18 to 21 points on these unders, the only one that went over was when Houston scored 25 points. The underdog didn't get there any other time for them to get there, which is interesting. Um, But they also played some pretty shitty teams in that stretch. So. That's okay. Anyway, we spent way too much time talking about one game. The picks here, we got the odds fellow on the over, myself on the Titans. Are you joining me on three and a half, or that's still, uh, still a game-time decision? Heavy lean, still, still a game-time decision. Heavy lean. Decision. All right, so we've got two official plays, not three yeah. so far as we head into game two. Uh, and this is going to be, I mean, division, uh, just like a, a historical rivalry here, and, and one that in recent times, San Francisco has been coming out ahead, at least in the playoffs. Heading up to cold Lambeau Field. I don't have the weather report, but it was like two degrees in New York a few days ago, and it's further north than we are. So I'm assuming it's going to be a little chilly out there. What do we think? Lambeau Field. But I was saying this on a podcast the other night. I think everyone overreacts a little bit to the cold. What matters mm-hmm. is the wind and the wind chill, sure. right? Low temperatures don't always translate to a ridiculous game environment. And these teams sure. are so much better prepared. The fields are so much better taken care of, right? We're not probably talking about ice bowl conditions. So does it matter? I don't know. One thing I love in this matchup, which we want to get into is San Francisco's ability to run the ball, right? And we talked about this a little bit in the Cowboys game, how Shanahan approaches things, what he can do with that stable of backs. I mean, Debo Samuel might be the most terrifying guy when he lines up in the backfield. I don't know how we couldn't For sure. And yet I last weekend with Debo, I had, uh, you know, just took a flyer on one of the Caesar Sportsbook boosts where he would have over 49 yards receiving as well as over 49 yards rushing. Yeah. I didn't think I'd be sweating and not hit the receiving yards the receiving, when right. the other one right. hit easy. What it was like 65 yeah. yards rushing. Yeah. So that was a little bit of a, a big buck snow whammy, whammy, you know, type scenario. Anyway, back to you. What are you saying? <laughs> no, but I think, you know, one thing that stands out a little bit, right, even with the weather, that that could play into Cincinnati, into San Francisco's hands, right, what sure. they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that jumped out to me in the data was just how bad the Green Bay defense is ranked. Now, they didn't feel bad throughout most of the season. Um, you know, it's definitely a, a sum of all parts defense. They play better when they all are together, mm-hmm. healthy. You know, but you have to imagine Rodgers keeping that defense off the field is also a big part, kind of akin back to some of the Cowboys teams I watched and loved with Tony Romo, where the defense was so bad statistically, but they were never on the field because DeMarco Murray and the Cowboys offense was controlling the clock, right? And sure. I think that's a lot of what you get with Green Bay. They come in ranked 15th against the pass, 28th against the rush, 22nd overall. That's actually worse than the Bengals. Yeah, that's a scary thought. And that 28th against the rush, you know, you think about what the, the Niners have done so well against teams like, you know, the Rams obviously comes to mind where they were just throttling the run. They've got three backs there. And, you know, with Jimmy G nursing, what a right ligament shoulder. tear in his yeah. shoulder. You know, I think that's why the line moved to six. You got Joey Bosa as well with a with a concussion also moved to six. But I still think that's a little bit too much space here. You know, one thing that I loved is looking at, 
teams that are left that have a top 10 offense and defense by DVOA. There's only two of them. One of them are the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like we're still getting a little bit more of like the hangover effect of the Niners, right? They started slow. Everybody was hurt. Then they got healthy. But to look at their weighted offense of four and their weighted defense of five is is pretty insane to me. You know, it's not something when you watch this team, you don't necessarily think about, you know, they put up like 23 to 16 last week. Right. And it's like, oh, you know, they got lucky, whatever, whatever you want to say. But it feels like this team is for real. And I think the craziest part for me, Ant, is if you look at George Kittle's stats in those last four games, which they've all been big wins, he hasn't had more than 30 yards in any of them. It's like one yeah. of your biggest playmakers is even getting the rock. I mean, yeah. that is interesting if, to if me. Watching the games, he's lining up and he's blocking better big than time. most most tight ends in the league. And that's that's eye test 100%. type stuff. That's stuff that's not in the box score. It's stuff that shows up in the running game. Even the receivers getting physical downfield. So I do think it's a, it's a really interesting matchup. Um, you know, obviously two two guys from kind of the same coaching tree too. So, you know, how does that factor into stuff? Um, I'd be curious. I should go look at some head-to-head matchups here. But it is actually a rematch from earlier in the year, and I don't know how much Mm -hmm. stock you put in that. It was early on, right? It goes back to week three. Uh, Green Bay beat them, kind of outlasted San Francisco 30-28. to Um, For those of you that don't remember that game, San Francisco actually took the lead with under a minute left and probably just left too much time on the clock because they scored with about 43 seconds left and somehow – Aaron freaking Rodgers, maybe maybe the league's MVP, marched uh, Mason Crosby, who didn't have a great year, uh, down the field, and they kicked a field goal with two seconds left to win that game. So, you know, it's I that game was tight, and I think you're getting a lot of points here, right? That thing did close at San Francisco minus three early in the year, a total at fifty point five. So it slightly went over, uh, and I and obviously Green Bay covered and won outright. So interesting, but but six feels heavy to me. It feels like a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. And, you know, we look at yards per play, we look at points per play. Offensively, San Francisco actually has the yards per play advantage, 6.1 versus 5.2, which is surprising. Defensively, San Francisco has the advantage, 5.1 versus 5.4. Also interesting. And, you know, looking at my DVOA versus um, versus spread analysis <laughs> here, this one likes the Green Bay, actually. Um, which I don't love. It's a 9.7. Well, actually, that's a that's a that's a bold faced lie. I was reading this directly wrong. This ah, we're back. We're back. This is one that this is one you could go either way, man, because yeah. it actually has the Niners as the superior team, uh, both weighted and unweighted. So for this to be at six, in theory, you'd say this is an incredibly strong line. The last one that I remember where DVOA was higher than uh, the underdog was better than the uh, than the favorite the new England Patriots and they lost 47 to 13 or whatever the hell it was. Um, so that, that is a little bit of a cause for concern to me, but I do think this line is inflated because of potential injuries at six. I love the previous matchup. Uh, and this is one that I'm going to buck against my DVOA versus spread. And you know, the, the, I talk about the range. It is in like the sharp range, uh, even at this line. And yeah. again, inflated if, if it should be, I have that it should be between two and three. Um, and if you put it at three, it would be a, a fantastic line for the Niners. So I think it's yeah. inflated because of injuries, the yards per play, the points per play, the DVOA advantage. Um, you know, Again, I don't like going against the DVOA versus spread analysis, but this is one I'm going to do, and I'm going to take the Niners plus six. Yeah, look, and we've, we've heard so much about home field advantage, Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers. Like They haven't gotten it done in the playoffs, too, from a narrative standpoint, frankly, sure. over the last few years. They've fallen up short. A lot of those were in NFC Championship games, but some of them at home. Um, and I just don't think, you know, even with the injuries concerns, I'll take the inflated lines because uh, I think you get a healthy enough Jimmy G. 
I think they're playing that up a little bit. The mm-hmm. Bosa thing is a little bit concerning defensively because yeah. obviously that's a big piece. But you looked at what they did, San Francisco post Bosa and even another injury on that defensive front. After those guys went out, they were still getting to Dak, and that was against a very good Cowboys offensive line as well. You know, you have that with the Packers, but uh, I think the the sum of all the parts, the scheme um, from a Shanahan perspective, I still like. So I'm coming with here. Let's uh, let's take plus six and run with it. Yep. All right. Love it. Plus six. Go Niners. Of course, of course, of course. The huge caveat here, you have to watch those injuries. If Jimmy G's ruled out, this is all for naught. Even if Bosa is officially ruled out, you might see this come over seven. I don't know. I think it's already factored out. I don't think it'll move that much. Um, But that also can be potentially misleading that if it's already moved because of it and then it doesn't move after the official announcement out, you're like, oh, shit, this is actually a strong line for the Niners. Either way, I think it should require a reevaluation. On to Sunday we go. On to Sunday, baby. Sunday. Another what do we, got? we got two games. I mean, yeah, hell, this could Bucks be the game of the weekend. Should be the early one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, down to Tampa to see what Mr. Brady and the defending champs can do. Uh, another game where back in week three, like we just talked about with San Francisco and Green Bay, uh, not really as close as the Green Bay-San Francisco game. I think Rams handled it pretty well, 34-24. Probably yep. the best Stafford game, a bit of a statement for him early in the year when you had MVP buzz for, for Matthew Stafford. 343 yeah, four yards, four, call, right? four t- yeah, yep. four TDs, 134.0 rating. Um, TB Tampa Bay was minus one, total of 55 in that game. Yeah, and Brady did throw a pick six at the end of that game, right, to put it out of reach. Or am I well, off on I that? think you, you you definitely may be correct. I'll pull up the box. Yeah, so I think that talking. ten points might be a little inflated in terms of yeah. the final outcome. And you know, we were talking with Fusini and Sharky earlier in terms of like line scaling, um, and you know, minus one to lose, and then now minus what minus three or whatever it's at. Um, feels like it could be moving in the right direction for the Bucs. One thing that I thought was interesting, we talked about this last weekend, was uh, when the Bucs have played an opponent twice, it's been very, very similar outcomes each time. Right. Uh, that was looking specifically at <clears throat> Atlanta. They won by 10 plus both times. New Orleans, they lose by nine both times. Carolina, they win by 26 and 24. We extrapolated that out to the Eagles, right? And where they only won by six the first time, but there was two touchdowns in 90 seconds for it not to be a blowout, mm-hmm. which almost happened the second time as well. They got the ball back with a minute left which would have blown the backdoor cover but either way they won by double digits they covered so that was the handicap there we look at what's going to happen with the bucks this time you know when is tom brady not at his best when pressure is high can the rams bring that pressure absolutely are they banged up at wide receiver absolutely is leonard fournette back i don't know but that pressure and kind of the it's already happened once narrative concerns me this yeah. is one that I don't think I'm going to have any action on. I think this is the toughest game of the week uh, to predict. Half of me wants, I mean, I love betting on Tom Brady more than anybody on the planet, right? He's got a 58.3 career cover rate. Yeah. Cover rate by heart? I don't, I'm not factoring in, in this season, but it was 58.3 coming into the year. The surest thing other than betting on Money Mayweather, right? Um, and, you know, look at DVOA here. It's, it's close. You know, you've got Tampa Bay at number one overall on offense, weighted that's still number one, which I think is super, super interesting because this is after people went down. So they are still right. getting resourceful. We're getting more Gronk. We're getting more Cameron Braid. OJ Howard was even in there a little bit last week. Mike Evans is still Mike Evans. And, uh, you know, Scotty Miller, I had over uh, seven and a half yards on his longest Scotty reception. Doesn't know. Scotty doesn't one know. catch for eight yards, man. That was a sweat. Um, but, you know, I think even with the injuries, this is a pretty deep team, obviously, next man up mentality. And, you know, the um, you know the Rams offense has floundered a little bit. They, they looked good with Cam Akers coming back last week. Oh, and uh, somebody just pumping tunes here. Give me a second. Love it. I love it. No, the Cam Akers thing was, was super, <laughs> was super interesting. He jumped back, honestly, so 
you know, when you tear an ACL like that, um, yeah. you, you assume the worst, right? You assume he's out. They, they had a good story on the broadcast saying that he told Stafford, I'll see you in the playoffs. Just, just get us there. And Stafford yep. was like, yeah, okay, cool. And yeah, I love that. And, you know, defensively here, both very good as well. You've got the Rams at weighted number six the and the Bucks at 12. So it's like, you know, slight advantage on the offensive side, at least data-wise, for the Bucks, and slight advantage the defensive side for the Rams. That's a bit of a wash. Yards per play, points per play, six and six on offense, five and two, 5.2 and 5.2 on defense. Literally the exact same thing. So, like, usually yeah. when that's the case, all things the same, I go with the underdog. But considering kind of line strength here, I think it does speak to the Bucks. But it's a six yeah. percent delta in terms of percentage and a minus three line. Like you know, I think it should be like a one or two line. So this would be strong at three plus. But I don't know, man. It just feels too sharp for me to to, to have any action. I think you're going to be sweating this one the entire game. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. This is one I'm just kind of excited to watch. Both of these teams kind of hit bad skits you know during the season um the rams were dysfunctional at times finished strong got the division win did they just take advantage of arizona slipping up and san francisco coming on too late maybe uh i actually lean slightly over here um not an official okay. just yet but i think one thing to point out on that concept that i talked a little bit about with the, the old dad bods and uh the brothers she's the shark was on last night which was phenomenal phenomenal podcast show um we talked about the fact that in this game if you guys remember back in week three, it was 0-0 at the end mm-hmm. of the first quarter. 0-0 yeah. zero at the end of the first quarter, and the game still sailed over the total, you know, what I say close at, around 50-something. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, yep. You know, so do you get another slow start here? First half unders, are those profitable because of the way some of these teams start? So I, I lean over overall, but it might be one where you play it in-game and see if you can get a little inflation similar to that regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, could be could be an interesting spot. And and yeah. I, I agree with everything you said. It's just such a tight matchup, you know, between the two teams. They're, so, they're both so deep and really, you know, kind of match out pretty statistically high, especially in terms of the NFC, if not the whole league. Yeah, and I think that live point is is really clutch, honestly. I think you could confidently take the live line on whoever doesn't score first. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think you'll get some pretty good space. Good value. At least yeah. two I mean, or hey, three look, points. We talk about value last night, and this is NBA, but it, it still applies, right? I saw somebody bet the Timberwolves at minus one overnight. Mm-hmm. I grabbed the Timberwolves at minus two in the morning because that was sure. the best available to me. Uh, the line closed at three, three and a half. Mm-hmm. The Timberwolves won by two. Jeff was at the game live betting the Knicks because at one point they were down 12. He got a plus six and a half live line. Uh, the Knicks went up from that 12 point deficit. At one point, I got a Minnesota Timberwolves plus three and a half live Bang. line plus a plus 165 money line. Mm-hmm. All those things hit or you could win or lose depending on what was going on. So just keep your eye on it. If you're serious about this stuff and, 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 you know, have enough money on the line. You know, there's hedging opportunities and there's ways to, to, to think about things. Yeah, big time. And I think on that live point, you know, it's important to have that number that you want coming into the game, <clears throat> right? right? To, to kind of quantify whether or not it is good value or not. Um, so just so think about that, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, so no official plays on that. You said you are taking a total or that's still a lean? Still, still a lean, but follow us on Twitter, you know, at, at Old Man Who Bets and at The Odds Fellow. You might see some of those leans become officials. One yeah, more. Yeah. One more. One more, baby. The last one. This is going to be, I mean, Sunday <laughs> superior in terms of game quality here. Um, right. Or maybe not. Maybe they'll surprise us. Uh, but at least on paper, this is going to be an absolute thriller of a game as well. Buffalo versus Kansas City. Uh, Caesar Sportsbook had Buffalo plus two earlier today. I was seeing one, one and a half everywhere else. Line shopping is important. 
I love the ball bills here, man. I, I, I understand why. Because I want to take the Chiefs. I want everything in me to say, grab the Chiefs. I want to see Mahomes in the Super Bowl again. I want to see Casey dominance, at least competing, uh, especially off a tough loss last year where they weren't healthy against a good Bucks team. But yeah, that line, it, right? Talk to the people about that line. That screams bills all over the place. Yeah, man. This is, I think, the sketchiest line of the weekend, perhaps. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of line strength, at least DVOA uh, versus spread analysis leans uh, leans <clears throat> towards the the bills for sure. I mean, this is another funky one where looking at the season long, the bills are better uh, by ten percent and underdogs. So again, you extrapolate that to the Pats, but it just feels like one of those things that Vegas was never going to give us a Chiefs home underdog in the playoffs. Just simply impossible. So um, you know, again, I'm, a little bit of art, a little bit of science, moving towards a little bit of my gut here. But you know, looking at some of these rankings. Um, you know, I said it earlier with the Niners, there's only two teams left that are top 10 and weighted DVOA on offense and defense. That's the Niners and the Bills, which I absolutely adore. Uh, and there's a huge discrepancy on defense between these two teams. We've got defense overall for the Bills, number one for the Kansas City Chiefs, number 24. That does shrink when you look at weighted. It's three versus 13, but that's still a pretty big gap. Um, and I think when you look at offensively here, the, uh, the offense for the bills, 13th and ninth passing in defense. So, or passing and rushing. So pretty, pretty decent on both of those where you're looking at three and 10 for, uh, for this, this Kansas city offense, but more importantly, the pass defense for the bills, number one. So going against kind of the strength of, uh, of Kansas city here of, is their passing game. Um, I love that, that this secondary can match up very, very well against them. Yeah, and you probably got to throw the matchup out a little bit. I, I do think the game will be tighter than that. You know, still could be a bit of a track meet. That was 38-20 back in week five. That was Buffalo going to KC. Obviously, a revenge spot. The sure. Chiefs were kind of reeling at the time, too, which is another reason why I say you can't. I don't think you put a ton of stock in it. I mean, remember all the Chief right. funeral parties you went to of, like, Chiefs are dead, Chiefs won't make the playoffs, let alone win the division and almost get the number one seed. So the Chiefs are back. But, um, but is it too little – too late are they just not deep enough is this the bills year you know it's 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 a really interesting narrative to me because these teams played in the afc championship last year and you know you had kansas city kind of flipping the script on them at that point again why i mentioned the revenge factor yeah you know, they beat up on them at that time 38 to 24 and i, I, don't, I don't remember that game being you know too much too much in reach um at that point casey was playing so well yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think like yards per play, points per play. I love what we're seeing from the Bills here as well. Offensively, um, pretty much a wash. You got 5.8 versus 5.6. But defensively, the, the Bills defense is 1.2 yards per play better, which I think is huge. And again, this has been a, a Kansas City defense that's that's stepped up a lot lately. You know, very reminiscent of their Super Bowl run where they just overperformed hard, especially against that run. Um, where they, yeah, I mean, look at the way the weighted DVOA jumps from 24 overall to third to 13th from a de- yep, just pure exactly. defense standpoint, right? So that's a big, that's probably the biggest discrepancy on the board um, between weighted and, and unweighted in some of these metrics. Yeah, for sure. But nonetheless, I love the advantage of uh, of the arts per play. I love the DVOA advantage. And, you know, this is another one that I'm going to be going slightly against the, the DVOA versus spread, but it's the playoffs, baby. There's the sharpest lines of the year. Um, you know, fortune favors the brave. So yeah, doing a little bit of art, a little bit of science, going a little bit more of the art on this one rather than the science. Um, but I, I locked it in earlier today at, at Bills yeah. plus two. 
which I, I feel pretty yeah, good about. Yeah, I, I lean there. I lean there with you. Nothing official for me. The other leans would probably be on the under. Overall, I think you're getting a slightly inflated number, uh, especially because what these two teams did last week, right? These are two high-powered offenses, and yeah. they beat up on on teams that they had played before. I think the Steelers were no match. The Pats uh, giving up that much to uh, a motivated Allen offense and the Bills offense was surprising, but again, not impossible. So that thing's sitting at like 54 and a half, 55 right now. Uh, could be first half under, um, maybe make that official lean Bills. And another one where I think you'll get good live value because I would never consider any team out of this, right? So it sure. could be one where if I can get a team between, you know, plus six and a half to plus eight, uh, after an early score or two and they're down seven to 10 points and that's the live line I can get probably something I jump on because I think both these games should be tight. Yeah, I love it. And one last question for you, Ant. Um, so that's a lock on that game. I want to come back to this Bucks game for a second. Yeah. I forgot to ask you a second ago. <clears throat> what do you make of the Rams coming off a Monday night football game short week? Anything? Yeah, it's it, it's important from a rest standpoint. That's that's really interesting. I mean, I think they've they've changed so much in the technology and the flights, mm-hmm. but you know, it is a rest disadvantage, which we can pull up real quick if I can try to get to it and see how they fared on the rest disadvantage or how um, you know if that mattered at all for them this year. But I don't put a ton of stock in it again because from a lines maker standpoint, you figure the odds makers have factored it in. Um, yeah. Uh, anything yeah, for that you sense. that jumps out on that? Nah, I just I didn't even think about it, and um, then I thought about it, and I said, "Huh, maybe that's interesting. <laughs> maybe it's not." Yeah. But. No, I think it is. I definitely think it is. But I think it's one of those things where we as betters um, probably overthink it, you know, sure. because again, the, the the odds makers are factoring it in, right? So that maybe that does factor into that Tampa Bay line strength that we talked about before, and maybe that's why it does seem a little bit more appealing because they are putting some stock in that they have to travel, and they have the rest disadvantage, right? It's not even rest disadvantage at home. Um, you right. got to get on a plane and, and go yeah. and, and prepare. But, hey, it's the playoffs, man. That's what they're built for. Playoffs? <laughs> you kidding me? All right. That's, a, that's an absolute wrap then. Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Let's edit that into the live stream. Yeah. Playoffs? Um, so we got a couple of official plays. We're coming off a 5-1 and one wild card weekend, um, which we're feeling great about. I am on the Titans minus 3.5. I am on the San Francisco 49ers plus 6. And the Buffalo Bills plus 2 locked in today at Caesar Sportsbook minus 110. Uh, and Ant, you are on. Take it away. From I here. am on the Bengals Titans over 47, which is your early Saturday game. And I am on the Niners plus six. So I'm an all Saturday affair right now. I got to get to the Sunday party. So I got to work on that. Yeah, right on. All right, guys. Well, thank you as always for listening. Uh, you know, we're all about hot bets and cold beers. Uh, this was, this will be, this always has been. It always will be for eternity. And this is short term high volatility investments.